You're listening to Howard David on 98.7 ESPN. You know, I haven't even mentioned about, you know, the big national championship weekend, or I shouldn't say weekend, it's the New Year's Day. You've got Alabama playing Michigan, Texas playing Washington. A lot of anger from college football fans about Florida State. Unbeaten, won their conference. Why are they not in the championship game? Next year, that will be solved. If I'm not mistaken, I think they're talking about a 12-team championship. I would not like to see that. I think it's too much. I'd like to see eight teams. Four is too little. 12 is too many. Just an opinion. Let's talk to Steve. Steve, Steve, you in Brooklyn? Hey, hey, how are you? Are you in Brooklyn? I am. My man. I love Brooklyn. That's where I was born. I can tell. We have the same accent. (laughs) What accent? What accent? (laughs) (laughs) Listen, you're talking about the tush push. Yeah. I have to tell you, it's like the most basic, you know, you, you said you're a purist. To me, it's the most basic and pure, simple play in the NFL. I mean, you hand off the ball. I mean, you, you take a snap. The man with the ball runs forward. I mean, it's it goes back to the time when they used to run a lot. It goes back to, you know, the 1950s. It's just a simple play. I, I can't, I, you know, I don't know what's gimmicky about it. Do I like it? You know, I'm not thrilled when it happens to me. But, you know, the Jets haven't employed it. So, you know, someone's doing something right. You need a sizable quarterback. You need, you know, so it seems like it's a good play to me. All right, you make a good point. I understand that. I, I don't have any problem with it. Uh, I don't have any problem listening to what you're saying because it, it does make some sense. Uh, look, look, I'm in love with the name. The tush push. I mean, if you can't get a laugh out of that, you have no sense of humor. <laughs> Me too. I think it's great. It's <laughs> the greatest name on earth. All right. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate the insight. Of course. Lo- oh, it said Steve. Oh, is it Chris or Steve? Steve. Well, maybe he changed his name during the time he was on. I don't know. Let's go to, uh, is it Buddha? Buddha in the Bronx? Buddha, welcome to the program. It is a program because I don't call it a show because otherwise I'd be singing and dancing, and you don't want to hear that. No, and listen, it's not a show. It's a program, and i just like to say, you know, for me personally, this is a blast from the past. You know, guys like me that got a little salt and pepper in the beard and, uh, you know, with null and void on the top of the head. You know, I remember you calling the games. You know, I used to work in in the city hospital as a unit clerk. Hmm. And a lot of times I used to work on Sundays, so I wasn't able to watch the games. But I used to always have you and Dave on. You know, I hate to date myself, but I used to have a Walkman. You know, I used to always have you and Dave on. And um, you guys, you helped me get through a, a lot of days where I would rather have been home, you know, watching the game on television. But um, I really appreciate you guys. I miss Dave. I miss – there was a certain level of professionalism – and, uh, like, presentation decorum that I think is a little bit lacking these days in terms of how teams are covered and play-by-play is done. 
So I just wanted to give you your flowers on that before I get into my Jets point. I appreciate it, Buddha. Thanks. Go on. Go on with your point. All right, look. Now, you spoke about the Parcells era, and like I said, for an older guy like me, and, and, and I've been a Jets fan for about 42 years, Howard, mm-hmm. and even more than the Rex Ryan, you know, back-to-back AFC championship games, I thought the Parcells era was really the closest that we would ever get, you know, to get into a Super Bowl. You know, I remember that, that Denver game. You know, we were up 10-9 at half. You know, when those winds started swirling, you know, and, and Elway and McCaffrey, you know, they were killing us in that second half. When Vinny went down that next year, you know, that took a lot out of me, man. And um, I don't know if I've ever really truly recovered from that because, you know, Parcells, you know how great Parcells was, not just as a coach and as a motivator, but just as somebody who could build a program. When he left and Al Groh took over that one year, then Herm, then Mangini, and Rex to a certain extent, they all lived off of the tone and the culture that he set because the Jets had gotten, you know, to that abyss when they were, you know, under the cold tight years. And he reset that franchise and he gave he made the Jets something that you could be proud of. A lot of us, you know, we had sunk into the dark, especially in this town. You know, the Giants were winning everything. And and, and it was really tough, Howard, man. So, you know, circa to now, twenty twenty three, you know, it's been so bad for the last few years. And, 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 and like I said, I appreciate the way, you know, teams used to be covered and, you know, just, just the pure honesty and, like, integrity in terms of the reporting. I feel like it's so lacking now. You know, this is just absolute fluff that you hear. And this is, you know, I sorry, I have to call a spade a spade. The, 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 the station here, they have people calling here, I mean, and also talking about these, this team, like, that this is not a real big problem here with this owner, with the GM, with the head coach, and and, and, and Aaron Rodgers, too. All, all of them, in their own unique ways, have really, you know, taken the wind out of my sails as, as a Jets fan. And, you know, I don't really know how you get out of this as these all these uh, people are presently constituted and working together. But I appreciate your honesty and the way you were talking about it earlier because it's not good. It's really not good, Howard. And and, and and it's tough to make you think that in the future, this same, you know, triumvirate or quadruplet or whatever you want to call them of, of these cast of characters are going to get us out of this. How, how do we get out of this, Howard? Uh, Buddha, let me, let me go back to one thing you said. Uh, going back to that uh, 98 AFC Championship game, the Jets led 10 nothing at the half. I think you said 10-9. Yes. Yeah, no, no, no. You're right. Right. Yeah. Yes, you're right. Sorry was, about that. It was 10 nothing at the half. And the second half, the Jets had the kickoff, and Dave Meggett was the kick returner. The wind was blowing away from him. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yes. when when he the, the ball was kicked off to Meggett, you could see him running towards the ball with his arms extended. And that's when he he muffed that kickoff. Uh, And that was one of three turnovers in the second half. So when I went into the Jets' locker room after that game and went into Parcells' office, Bill Parcells had tears in his eyes. He said, that is the worst loss of my entire career. We were equal to that team, Howard. We really were. And we were a veteran-laden team. With, with a head coach with, with um, winning experience, and you could just see 
like I said, Elway, you know, he knew the stadium, obviously. Sure. But he was able to get those passes. His passes were cutting right through the wind, and, and Chester Verdi's passes weren't doing, uh, you know, the same. And, and I really believe that that was our best chance to get to a Super Bowl because we we were just as good at, at, as Denver was, but – you know, Elway was a little bit better than Testaverde. Well, on that particular day, on that day he was, yeah. But I'll take it a step further. If you remember the four teams that were in there, it was Atlanta, it was Minnesota, it was Denver, and the Jets. I maintained, and I'll say it today, the Jets were the best team of that final four. And I'll go to my grave saying that. To the point of where uh, Dan Reeves was coaching Atlanta. Years later, I was working some broadcasts with Coach Reeves, a national broadcast, and I suggested that the Jets were the best team of that Final Four, and he argued with me up to the point where, as dessert came when we were having dinner, he said, you know what? You're right. They were the best of the Final Four. So that was the best chance to win a Super Bowl. Uh, you know, look, what they did in 69 is historic. But that, that team... Uh, not only Vinny had his best year, Curtis Martin was the run, rushing champion that year. They had Keyshawn Johnson. They had Brian Cox leading that defense. That team was built to win a championship. Yes, they were. Yes, they were. And I believe that they would have won the Super Bowl if they faced Atlanta as well. Oh, yeah. No, no doubt. I, I, I definitely believe that. But but like I said, Howard, the thing that, that is very disturbing to me now is, of course, there's no Bill Parcells lying around. But... What we have here now and the way that they're trying to package it to us as fans, it's almost like they think that we're stupid, you know? Well, if you heard Robert Sala's comment that I played a little while ago where he talked about uh, we're going to be aggressive next year and he talked about championship and I said, whoa, wait a minute. This team's not a playoff team right now. How are you talking championship in the next year or even two years? It's unrealistic. You know, and I hate to say this, he's a babbling idiot. Like, let's be for real. I mean, he doesn't even know what he's doing half the time. On the sidelines, you know, as a head coach, you're not the head coach of the defense. You're not the head coach of the players that you like and the players that you don't like, a la Zach Wilson. And I'm not saying Zach Wilson's a good quarterback or anything like that. But, you know, what a very telling thing was in the last game, when you saw Garrett Wilson you know, having that conniption. And I'm not saying he was wrong for having anything. If you look at the cut of that video, Rob Sala is walking up and down, and he never says a word to him. And I'm not talking about chastising him or anything, or maybe reassurance, something. Like, when the games go on, he's in his own little world. And I don't know what world that is, whether it's Wayne's world or whatever it is, <laughs> but, I mean, I get wanted to give him all the chances in the world, Howard, He's been a colossal disappointment. Well, really I, no, I appreciate your insight, Buddha. Thanks again for the call. We're going to get back, take more of your phone calls at 800-919-3776. Started to talk about the national championship final. Michigan is the team in that final four that everybody wants to see lose. And they just might to Alabama. I'm Howard David. This is ESPN New York. Stay with us. You're listening to Howard David on 98.7 ESPN.
Let's talk to Jay in Queens. He wants to talk about one team that's not in the playoffs. Hey, Jay. What's going on, sir? How's your night going? First of all, I was uh, an, a sergeant in the Air Force, so you don't have to call me, sir. All right, all right. <laughs> well, um, well, well, I appreciate the relax, being relaxed. But anyway, I wanted to talk about Georgia yeah. not being in the college playoffs. You know, being the number one ranked team for three years, you lose in the championship game of your conference, and you're and, and you're kicked out. And I also think it's appalling that Michigan is number one. Can you tell me, you know, how how good were the teams that they played? Who were the best teams that they played? Ohio State, Notre Dame, Purdue. No, I hear you. I hear you. I don't disagree. Hey, uh, Georgia got beat by Alabama. So if you want an answer why uh, Alabama's there and Georgia's not, that's one answer. No, I I, I get it, but it seems that they're putting they're they're they're, they're putting Michigan in, right? Saying that they, they they won their conference, they went undefeated, but FSU isn't there. No, and then that's been the biggest. Uh, everybody's yelling about that. Uh, that Florida State is unbeaten, won a major conference, and they're not in the playoffs. Look, I think the whole idea w- was a bad idea because to have yeah. four teams in, look, now they were talking about, well, next year we're going to have 12. No, you don't want 12. I want to see eight. I think eight is fair. Do you? I, yeah, I think eight is great. Let me tell you one last thing before I go. If you, if you want to have any inclination about how Michigan feels about this upcoming game, Go on the internet and look up the clip when they're telling the final rankings and you have Michigan there, right? They announce Michigan number one. They hear a cheer. Then they announce Texas two, uh, um, Alabama three or whatever. What? And then they announce that Michigan is going to play Alabama and the whole room goes silent. So I'm looking forward to Alabama wiping the floor of Michigan. Have a great night, brother. And you too, Jay. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. I, I believe... Anytime you start out a season, there's the good guys and the bad guys. Always, there's always a bad guy somewhere, whether it's a team, an individual player, you know, the villain. Well, Michigan's the villain right now. All over the country, people that aren't even Alabama fans are rooting for Alabama to beat Michigan. How does Nick Saban do this year after year after year? Then again, you start realizing that he's recruiting from the state of Alabama. He's getting the best recruits. He's got a well of possibilities to go after players that are the premier players in the state of Alabama, which produces a fair amount of players year in and year out. There are a lot of people that don't like Nick Saban. He's a villain. Well, I'm going to tell you this, and this is the honest truth. I never had an opinion about Nick Saban. Never. And then one day, I'm in a press conference down in South Florida where the Miami Dolphins had hired Nick Saban. And I sat in on that press conference. And I've got to tell you that Nick Saban impressed me at that press conference. Now, do I think he should have been the coach of the Miami Dolphins? No. He's a terrific college 
football coach. I think it's very difficult to make that transition from college to the pros. Whether it's college football to the NFL, whether it's college basketball to the NBA, the transition is brutal. I'm going to tell you that straight out. Brutal. Saban has done a magnificent job at Alabama. But people down there, whatever that place is out in the woods that has a great breakfast place down in Tuscaloosa, and I've been in there, and all they talk about are bear, bear, bear. Nick Saban was 10 times the coach that Bear Bryant was. Okay? Okay, maybe not 10 times. Five times. Just an opinion. Whether you like it or don't like it, I got nothing to say about it. Let's talk to John in Florida. Hey, John, where are you in Florida? How you doing, sir? I'm down here in Miami. Oh, all right. Yes, uh, I'm sure you know very well about uh, uh, Henry Goldberg, Hank Goldberg, also known as the Hammer. Yeah, it was sad. You know, he passed away, and he was a great. Uh, host on ESPN, he had a fiery temper. One day he got mad on, uh, I think it was WQAM, and he just got up and walked out. He says, I'm out of here, and he got suspended for that. I'm sure you knew him, right? I knew Hank, yeah, sure, because I work with him. Oh, yeah, and his sister lives in Las Vegas, and he would always visit her. She's still uh, alive, but unfortunately he passed. And I'm sure you know the radio guy, uh, Neil Rogers. Yep. Yeah. He passed too, sadly. Uh, what do you think about um, Tua having a chance? Two questions, please, about Tua having a chance to get the MVP. Is there any chance? I know it's kind of a long shot, but. I'm not so sure. He- uh, hey, hey, John, I'm not so sure it's a long shot. I Look, before this year started, I said, if that guy stays healthy, the Dolphins are going to be a, a, a team to, to be reckoned with. Well, he's been healthy, and now you got you got the speed that he's got with those receivers. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's a team that could go all the way. Yes, sir. He uh, the way he rolls out, it's kind of unorthodox. The, the linemen, defensive linemen, don't really know how to deal with them. They can't sack them. As easy as a quarterback to just drop straight back. So, uh, anyway, uh, I grew up listening to you, and and your ama- your memory is just unbelievable. Yeah, the way you memorize uh, dates and facts, and I really appreciate uh, you being on the air. Are you going to be on again? Uh, hopefully. Oh, I hope so <laughs> too. Uh, thank you so much again. Appreciate and, and it, John. Thanks, John. Appreciate the call. I uh, Look, when it comes to doing what we do, we meaning broadcasters, I admire talent. If I'm listening to a guy on the radio driving around and I hear but not necessarily something I may agree with or disagree with, but if I hear something that makes a little sense, I'm going to stay with that guy or that girl, that woman. When it comes to play-by-play, different element entirely. I don't want to hear guys. First and 10, 
on the first play of the game, making it sound like it's fourth and goal at the one with a minute to go. I don't want to hear that. Because when people tune in, they feel the vibe. They live off what it is you're saying. And if you're a screamer, and there are a lot of people out there that think that they're calling the finish of the Kentucky Derby. Come on. Do justice to your profession. I'm Howard David. 1-800-919-3776. That's the way we hook up. Stay with us. You're listening to Howard David on 98.7 ESPN. For those Detroit Pistons fans out there, you, right over there, they lost their 25th in a row tonight. 25 in a row. Seriously. If you beat the Detroit Pistons, that should not count on your record. You should get like a half a credit. The Lakers lost their fourth in a row. I like the Lakers. I don't like the way they're playing, but, you know, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm one of those... Yeah, I like LeBron. I can't. I'm, yeah, I'm a LeBron guy. That doesn't mean I wasn't a Michael Jordan guy. I was. I admire talent. LeBron James is a generational talent. I don't know why they're having problems. I don't see them night in, night out. When I get a chance, I watch them. They're good, but they're struggling right now. They've lost four in a row. Some NFL games this week that bear paying attention to. No, not the Thursday night game next week with the Jets and the Browns. It's not what I'm talking about. You got injuries have taken a huge toll on teams all up and down the calendar. Best team in the NFC right now has to be the San Francisco 49ers. The best team in the AFC? Miami. Baltimore, Kansas City. I'm concerned about Kansas City because who do they have at wideout? Who are their wideouts that scare you? Okay? It's not Tyreek Hill's not there anymore. He's in Miami. And he's kicking tail. Kansas City doesn't have, I mean, they don't have offensive players right now. That's Yeah, Mahomes is a very solid quarterback. And he's got Travis Kelsey. It's a big weapon. But I'm not in love with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I think you can move the ball on them. I think they've been inconsistent this year, like Buffalo. I mean, Buffalo, if Buffalo got into the AFC Championship game, I wouldn't be shocked. If Miami got there, certainly wouldn't be shocked. Matter of fact, I'm going to go so far as to say I could see Miami and Baltimore in the AFC Championship game. NFC Championship game, I take it back. Miami and Baltimore, I take it back. No, I'm going to stay with it. In the NFC, San Francisco and whoever wants to lose to them. Because they're not losing. They're going to get into the NFC Championship game, and they're going to win it. And I don't know, care who they're playing. They're just that tough. 
You got so many weapons with that team. You got Brock Purdy. You remember just a short time ago, people were saying, well, is he good enough to be a championship-type quarterback? Well, you got your answer. He's leading the NFL in touchdowns. <clears throat> Excuse me. The guy can flat-out play. And when you've got Debo Samuel to throw to, and you've got all the weapons that they have, I mean, my, oh, my, it's just Ayuk. People don't even pay attention to him. All he does is burn you for a touchdown. I, I don't know. I When it comes to football, everybody's got an opinion. And I'm doing it for a living. But you're doing it. You're out there. You're driving around. And you're listening to what I'm talking about. And you're saying, yeah, I got an opinion. But right now, the NFL has got what I think is a great team. And that's the San Francisco 49ers. In the NBA, there is no great team. You've got teams that will compete for championships. In the East, I mean, I'm looking at Philadelphia, Milwaukee, Boston, Boston doesn't lose at home. They get home court advantage. How are you going to beat them? Based on what they've done, they don't lose at home. This is nothing new. It's been like, go through the history of the Boston Celtics from the days of Red Auerbach and Bob Cousy and Bill Russell to now. Jason Tatum is a confirmed superstar, Period. Love watching that guy play. Do I think they can win it all? Yes, I do. Time will tell. When you got with Giannis in Milwaukee, they're never out of any game. And when you got Dame with them, Damian Lillard with them, that's a heck of a combination. So you got Boston, Milwaukee, Philadelphia. Throw Indiana into that mix. But I'm going to tell you what. And I love when people say, I'm going to tell you what. Yeah, what? Here's what I'm saying. What I'm saying is don't look past the Knicks. I didn't say it last year. I'm saying it now. Hartenstein has been a terrific addition. Jalen Brunson is the best free agent signing in the history of the Nick franchise. Mark it down. That son of a gun just plays at a high level, night in, night out. I watched him against the Nets the way he orchestrates that offense. It's a thing of beauty. It's like an artist watching what he does the way he runs that offense, and maybe Julius Randle wasn't buying in last year. I think he's buying in now. It's about time. Took him a little time to wake up. All I know is that Julius Randle is a beneficiary of a terrific offense run by Jalen Brunson. And I tip my hat to Tom Thibodeau. 
Last year, it got me, it just drove me up a wall every time he would argue play after play after play. Stop. Because your team is buying in to your complaining. Julius Randle, in particular, was buying in to Tom Thibodeau's complaining. It's enough. Coach the game. Julius, play the game. Robinson's out for the rest of the year. Unfortunate. Can they win without him? Yes. Time will tell. But you got a rock at the point guard. Is he the best point guard in the league? He's in the conversation. Oh, yes, Steph Curry's there. I get it. I'm Howard David. Let's stay together. We got a little while ago at 800 919 3776 ESPN Radio.